0: On the latest episode of Generation 9/11, we are joined by longtime lobbyist Bob Unger, who represents unions such as the FDNY EMS Local 2507 and the New York State Nurses Association. He has seen firsthand what a devastating effect the pandemic has had on frontline workers and how laws written with the best of intentions can have a serious effect on first responders. Bob also discusses the pay disparities seen by the FDNY EMS in New York City and how it affects them in their day-to-day work. Here's my conversation with Bob Unger. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the groups that you work with?
1: Sure. Um, I'm an attorney by uh, by training, um, and... Um didn't like that very much. Uh, And uh, years ago, years ago, morphed into uh, lobbying and legislative work and other types of um, government relations work. Um, Our clientele over the years uh, has included everything from uh, multinational technology companies, to management consulting firms, to a cross section of public and private labor. we do, um, uh, I would say if I had to have a, a major, uh, I major in public safety. Um, I represent uh, uh, New York City EMS uh, workers, I represent uh, firefighters, I represent deputy sheriffs, correction officers, all kinds of folks like that who get up every day and go to the front lines, as well as representing the New York State Nurses Association, which is 43,000 nurses lines of the pandemic Um, uh, the building and construction uh uh, i uh, i have represented the building construction trades council in the past um i represent the building trades employers association of new york city now so it's a really cool um diverse kind of a practice um basically doing uh albany uh, new york city and also counties you know we're doing uh, we do county work i kind of like it because i get when it's not pandemic i get to travel around the state a little bit to see yeah more, pretty cool
0: so when i've i've actually heard you described as a um a true liaison between the groups that you represent and elected leaders you know such as people in albany Um, and like you mentioned just now, city and even at the county level. What exactly does that mean?
1: Well, um, I I guess what it would mean is that in addition to lobbying for legislation, we work very hard to help our clients have an ongoing relationship with um, the governments that they work for. You know, it's one thing to have straight employer-employee relationship. It's another to have the ability to come together to discuss problems, to discuss issues so that you head off a lot of the nonsense that happens when people don't communicate with each other. Um, and so um, over the years, uh, we've uh, evolved as part of our practice that you know we will actually work with the client to go way beyond the traditional lobbying of like pro or con legislation Right down to helping them with internal agency policy questions, in um, a lot of agencies, um, I may over the last three couple of decades have established uh, relationships with folks. So, you know, there'll be operational questions, and when they come up, um, I may get into the middle of that and help them to mediate, help to mediate a solution between uh, the employer. Uh, the agency and uh, uh, and the unions, so it's it it makes it makes the work a lot more interesting.
0: So obviously, the big news item of the last year almost has been COVID nineteen, and really wreaked it on the state itself in terms of uh, you know, lives lost and uh, you know budget shortfalls and stuff like that. But you mentioned that you know, you represent groups such as EMS and firefighters and, uh, and even the nurses union. What, um, what does it say about these workers that they haven't stopped? You know, frontline medical workers and, and other frontline um, workers didn't have that option. So what does that say about them?
1: They're heroes, they, they're, they're absolutely heroes um even though i've been doing this work for a very long time I, i'm still in awe of the work that is done by the frontline people that are out there keeping uh other folks in new york alive keeping them safe trying to keep them healthy um <clears throat> it's an unbelievable mission on the part of everyone of all first responders fire ems Police, um, plus the healthcare providers. Oh my lord! I mean, uh, not not only are these folks out there in the front lines, and there's no such a thing as a, you know as as taking a vacation, or you know they, they they don't get to work from home like you said, but they also are directly exposed to this disease on a regular basis. They run to the disease instead of away from it. They help people who are sick, who are dying. And many of them, unfortunately, many of the frontline folks, unfortunately, catch this disease. And a a good number of them have passed away as a result of that. Um, It is something we've never dealt with before in in, certainly in our generations, but uh, hats off to to the frontline folks, I mean, and. And those that's helped to support them, like like us and and others that support these people, um, it's added to our workload. You know, uh, it's become a seven day a week situation, uh, just trying to help them with whatever their needs might be. Because we got to keep those people out there, and we have to support them.
0: So, in regards to COVID, do you think that there's been an issue that's kind of been? Um, you know, have the spotlight shown on it and kind of brought to the forefront that you, uh, you know, that you're working on right now?
1: Well, there there have been issues along the way um, in the beginning and continuing from time to time are the questions about uh, PPE gear, Um, having the right masks, uh, having enough supply of gowns and masks. Uh, We had a situation up in Albany where the nurses were recycling masks 15 20 times and when the masks would come back cleaned they were stained and oh, dirty and they were being made to re-wear them anyway so these are kind of the is some of the kind of issues in terms of supporting our frontline that we have to uh be very very mindful of um and 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 do whatever we can to assist, whether that means just um, making some phone calls or whether um, uh, the, our media representatives, um, you know, actually have to get into the, to the press and, and, and air these things. Then now, vaccination is the big thing. Um, you know, we're short on supply apparently now in New York. Um, so things are slowing down Uh, For instance, at the City Fire Department in New York City, um, they are kind of slowing it up now and even possibly suspending vaccination because they're running out of supplies. Um, That's a sin because we have got to get uh, the people who are exposed to this every single day vaccinated so that we don't lose them because if we lose them, who's going to take care of us?
0: Uh, Yeah, I think that is, uh, you know, putting it mildly. And I know that in the fall there was, uh, and in the winter, earlier on in the winter before the new year, there was a lot of news on wages. Are frontline workers, EMS, firefighters, uh, nurses, are they compensated fairly?
1: Straight out answer. No, they are not.
0: So what do we do about that?
1: Well, for one thing, the it, 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 it's essential that the body politic that the that the like for instance the New York City, the uh, the city council, um, our assembly representatives, our senators, get involved in the drive to get these people some money that they really richly richly deserve for instance um i think probably almost everyone that i know including other first responders acknowledge that ems in new york city is grossly underpaid um they're 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 just completely you know underpaid i mean a lot of these folks have to have two three jobs we need them out on the street taking care of people And they have to worry about supporting their kids off two or three jobs just to make ends meet. That's, that's crazy. And results in a tremendous turnover in their service. I mean, you know, EMS people don't last because they can't afford to stay. So, you know, they move on to other, other jobs, either with the city, they could become firefighters for instance, uh, or police officers, but they also leave New York altogether and they take jobs that pay better uh, in places where the city administrations respect their professional services a lot more than the administration here in New York does currently.
0: Well, um, actually earlier in the year last year, we on this podcast, we had um, an EMS worker. Her name is Elizabeth Bonilla on and she You know, she told the story about how she couldn't even, you know, she couldn't go home to her family. She had to she had to be quarantined. And then, you know, sometimes she couldn't be quarantined. So she would have to bring that home. Uh, You know, this was at the height. This was uh, I'm pretty sure we did the interview um, at the end of March or early April. So it was at the height of the pandemic. And she definitely um, uh, she shined the light on, on some issues that they were facing on the ground. Um, at the height of this thing, and I think people don't necessarily understand that, you know, frontline medical workers such as EMS are not paid like, you know, doctors or, uh, you know, other professionals, but sometimes it's hard to fathom that they would put their lives on the line for such a, I don't want to say meager, but unfair pay.
1: I agree. I agree totally. Um, it's it, it's it's pretty remarkable the level of dedication these folks have, uh, considering uh, that they are uh, pretty abused by the city, um, and that um, they're not respected. Um, they're not respected by their um, by the city administration. I would say the fire department uh, probably has a, a fairly decent view of, of EMS. But when you go beyond that, um, you know-
0: It's hard to find that appreciation.
1: Oh my God, it's just just not there. And these folks are out there. The things that they've been doing during this pandemic are unbelievable. They were sleeping in their cars because they couldn't bring the disease home to their kids and to their spouses. They were sleeping in their cars in between shifts. And the shifts were endless everybody was being brought back on overtime working double shifts it was absolutely unbelievable and the level of dedication and the number of people who got sick and died all for, you know some ridiculous really low wage
0: right nope, well I'm- you know that's a, that's an issue that we're going to continue pounding the drum on here but the last thing i want to bring up and then we'll let you go uh another big ticket news item last year uh in addition to covid was new york city's pilot program um and that actually we've actually seen ems workers being called into questionable situations uh, alongside social workers and and this kind of goes along the lines with um you know who are the proper people to send out on certain types of Um, emergency response calls. So I was hoping that if you could tell us a little bit about that, and would you say that this is one of the reasons why they deserve to be making more money than they do?
1: Yeah, actually it is because the difference between a non-violent, emotionally disturbed person call and a violent one, is about five seconds. Um, You know, today's, you know, you'd be sitting on a curb being very peaceful, And something riles you up and you pull out a gun and start shooting so the idea that uh, emts are going to be responding into um, these types of calls with a social worker and no police um it's a little scary Uh, the union uh, representing ems in good faith is negotiating with the city to see if they can come to some kind of a an agreement on how this needs to get done and the compensation for it um but as yet that has not come to fruition and yeah is it is it an assignment that could have some dangers additional danger sure um you know questions about well how long will it take to get the police if we call them um the pd are very good to ems but that but if they're all on other calls and uh, suddenly they're needed because the situation is going bad can we get them um it's it's something that has to be done extraordinarily carefully and 100% in, in, uh, in cooperation with the EMS union uh, or else it's destined to fail. The first time that something bad happens, the first time an EMT or the social worker
0: God forbid, is, yeah.
1: is injured or killed, that's it, game over.
0: And have you heard real concerns from EMS workers on the ground regarding this program? Or are they just kind of like, well, you know, it's just one other thing that I have to do. It's, it's my job.
1: Well, they'll do it, um, but the thing about it is, uh, yeah, I've, I've actually spoken to some folks uh, who uh, uh, work for EMS who are concerned about it because they're accustomed to responding in with PD. And if it's nonviolent situation, then EMS can handle it. But they have the security of knowing if things get go sour, they've got some backup. Um, there's no backup here, and that's you know, yes, the, a, a, several members have said something to me in confidence um, about being concerned that the situation turns south on them on the street, and next thing you know, there's a there's a violence and an injury.
0: On that note, Bob, uh, I want to give you the floor uh, for any last thoughts, any final words, uh, floor is yours.
1: Well, thank you. And, and, uh, thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. Um, I guess what I need to say is that people should never, ever forget the kind of service that are delivered by our first responders and by our, all of our other essential folks in law enforcement and public safety, it's what keeps people safe. It's what keeps you at home with some level of security that you're going to be protected if something goes wrong. And, and the folks that are out there doing this, the nurses, the the firemen, the EMS people, the cops, they need to be protected and they need to be compensated properly for what they do because um it is com- like what's happening with EMS is grossly unfair that an EMS person will go and see covid patients all night and then and then have to sleep in a car and then go to their second or third job just to support their children that's unheard of it's it's insane so i leave that with the thought that we need to we that we need to support all of our frontline medical first responders They're the heroes for our city and the heroes for our state, and they're doing a phenomenal job against a lot of tough odds. Thank you.
0: Bob, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure this is a conversation we're going to continue.
1: That would be great. Thank you, Brian. Thank you.